Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50% to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Welcome again to the Explaining History podcast, and in this episode, um, I want to talk about the nature of the Nazi Party in 1933. Um, the reason why I want to talk about that is that previously, um, about a week or so ago, I think it is now, um, I was looking at the office of the Führer, the position of Hitler as charismatic leader within the Nazi movement in 1933, and the implications that the creation of uh, Führer had for the workings of German government. Now we're going to look at the party itself. Now it's important to distinguish between party and government. In totalitarian societies, Mao's China, Nazi Germany, Soviet Russia for example, um, party and state become intertwined and entangled and in all sorts of complicated ways. We're going to try to avoid talking about the bureaucracy because that's going to be the subject of a separate podcast and look specifically at the party uh, today. Now previously um, we'd said that uh, the personal dictatorship of Hitler and the role of the party were the the two pillars upon which Nazism was um, politically founded. So the uh, um, Nazi, Nazi Germany... Uh, was more than simply just a personal dictatorship. We are often given misleading pictures of Nazi Germany by documentaries and things on the History Channel and that sort of stuff. Not because they're uh, based on flawed information or their advisors are wrong, but simply the overwhelming power of visuals, um, because it's obviously a visual medium, normally centre around pictures of Hitler addressing the Nuremberg rallies or addressing... Uh, other conferences and meetings, and so the impression that history students are sometimes given is that Nazism was Hitler and Hitler was Nazism, and there's nothing really else to say on the matter. Well, obviously, this is inaccurate and misleading. The uh, problems that developed for the regime um, very often emerged because of tensions that were uh, present because of poor integration of the party and the old civil service elites and both had their different ways of um, governance 
and different outlooks and different mentalities. By their very nature, civil services are more conservative with a small c. They are less inclined to radicalism and extremism. The reality is that there were large sections of the German civil service, judiciary, police, foreign service, the German state, that rather looked favourably on the advent of uh, Hitler coming to office for a number of reasons. Some would have been racial thinkers and anti-Semites, but many others were German nationalists who believed that Hitler was going to uh, restore German fortunes. There were those in the civil service that looked at the party as a means by which some of their more extreme views on racial science, eugenics, racial hygiene, and a, racial, uh, a racially based system of law could be introduced. But there were also um, civil servants and bureaucrats who thought that this was simply a continuation of the world that they had known under the Kaiser and that the Weimar Republic had been a rather unfortunate interval. Now, because, simply because there were civil servants and bureaucrats who looked favourably on the party and looked favourably on Hitler, doesn't necessarily mean that these people were um, imagining the possibility of the Holocaust. It's very difficult to suggest in 1933 that people could look forward in a decade ahead and see uh, trains uh, going towards uh, death camps in Poland. We can't really make that case. But certainly there would have been a, a, quite a prevalence of racial thinking there. Now, the uh, conservatism, so the conservatism of the civil service uh, allied with elements of reactionary racial thinking, when this came into contact with the kind of the chaotic dynamism of the party, I don't say dynamism in a good way, by the way, people often say, look upon it as being a very positive adjective. Dynamism here simply means ever-increasing levels of action and change. Um, and this is, for uh, a political movement, normally a, a source of chaos, of radicalisation of policies in the most extreme fashion, and of disorder. Nazism, had Nazism um, become uh, less dynamic, it would have ceased to be Nazism. Nazism it can be perhaps described more as a movement than a party um, in the period uh, 1919 to 1933. Nazism uh, springs up and develops in Germany not simply just because of Hitler's actions, but there are almost autonomous uh, emergences of Nazi groupings in uh, northern Germany, um, parts of Germany such as, for example, Saxony, that emerge without um, Hitler's direct intervention. So the, the, the Nazi movement was one uh, that was based upon uh, a constant radicalism, a constant dynamism, and the idea that action, or will for want of a better term, was more important than planning, uh, and more important particularly than the workings of intellect. Uh, Hitler was a famous anti-intellectual, he really believed he was the only intellectual, and believed that the constant, rapid, radical mass action with everybody moving in unison, directed by a charismatic leader, was more important than any well-thought-through 
set of policies. It's not to suggest that there was there was nobody in the Nazi movement that was organised. Joseph Goebbels is a very effective organiser in Berlin in the 1930s. But the Nazi movement, uh, later the Nazi party, viewed itself uh, not as a partner to established political, established bureaucratic elites, but as an institution or a movement that was on its own kind of crusade. It was there, as all fascisms tend to view themselves, to save Germany, to save the German people from a number of crises. It was there to save them from democracy and the uh, democratic political structures uh, that had caused supposedly chaos and division within Germany since the creative foundation of the Weimar Republic, from um, the corruption of intellectual, social and uh, moral values associated with the Weimar Republic. So these uh, very cosmopolitan, uh, non-German uh, values uh, such as Western liberal democracy, uh, socialism, and the advance of uh, cultural modernity, as seen in Berlin in the 1920s, with things like the Bauhaus movement, modern art, uh, modern theatre and cinema and architecture, uh, and all these kinds of things, which in Hitler's eyes were not traditional, not German, and some sort of cruel Bolshevik Jewish trick, uh, which is utter nonsense, of course. It was this weakness, this corruption, uh, which uh, the Nazis believed had set in actually even before the Weimar Republic. They believed that these sorts of things had been seeping into Germany in the years before the First World War, and this accounted for the loss of the war. The uh, fact that the Nazis, the Freikorps, uh, the Stahlhelm, the Stilhelmitz, and all these various uh, movements across the extreme political right were full of men who had fought the war, who had seen comrades die, and who were at a loss to explain the outcome, uh, meant that there were a large number of people in the Nazi movement who looked to find um, answers, uh, and the most flawed and misguided ones admittedly, but they looked to find answers to the question as to how Germany could possibly have lost the war. And political division that emerged in Germany from 1960 onwards, when the period of the Bergfrieden, or peace within the fortress, a social truce, if you will, broke down under the pressures of war. These are obviously blamed, but the racial and eugenic aspect of Nazism pointed to uh, not just the Jews, but this kind of idea of their big social ballast, that people who were um, mentally disabled, uh, physically disabled, or just uh, not socially part of uh, the, uh, the German Reich, um, people who were on the peripheries, people who were alcoholic or prostitutes or uh, the work shy or whatever, that the, this kind of uh, social ballast, uh, as it was referred to, or useless eaters, had to be dealt with. In fact, Nazism uh, as a movement was a force that transplanted itself into German society for the purpose of reforging Germany ready for the next war. And the Nazi party had a agenda of uh, sweeping away the social division 
um, creating the idea of the people's community or the Volksgemeinschaft. So class, social status, religion, um, regionalism, and uh, the, these sort of seemingly small differences will be swept away. And instead, a um, racial community will be built. And this would be based on new, new ideas of race. It would be a community of blood. Now, if you've read Timothy Snyder's excellent book, uh, Black Earth, um, you really should if you haven't. The first chapter talks, he actually refers to Hitler as a racial anarchist. Um, it's an interesting argument as to how he comes to that conclusion, and not one that you should dismiss lightly. I'm not suggesting Hitler was an anarchist, but Hitler actually doesn't believe in really the sanctity of the state at all. The state was merely, in Hitler's eyes, a means for delivering racial ideas. And if the state was not you know, used to this, or if the state was an obstacle to this, as it is in uh, Austria in 1938, then the state must be dissolved. And this is exactly what happens in uh, Austria uh, during the Anschluss. The state itself ceases to exist, and all previously existing rights that Jewish people in Austria might have had go with it. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Only Aryan Germans are, or Aryan Austrians, I beg your pardon, are able or eligible to become German citizens thereafter. And this little um, vignette tells us something important about the Nazi party in that it was based in racial thinking. I mean, this is something we all know, but it is based absolutely and utterly in racial thinking and that all of the ideological considerations are very much secondary the reason for the state existing is to deliver uh, racial uh, policies, to create a racial community, and to remove uh, racial enemies and opponents. And because they placed this emphasis on race, and because race became the 
primary determinant in all politics, it thus, in the eyes of the Nazis, made all political considerations, all other political considerations, trivial and irrelevant. It is from this perspective that um, all other political parties can be ruthlessly suppressed, because only uh, racial thinking is, uh, or racial thinking is the only legitimate type of politics as far as the uh, the Nazis are concerned, and they have their own um, through Mein Kampf their own sort of misunderstood version of biology, where uh, racial struggle defines the world, and that um, the all all races should um, uh, follow the laws of nature as in Hitler's view animals do. Hitler, by the way, understood nothing about nature whatsoever and uh, had a very um, shaky understanding of Darwin, who he admired. And um, human beings were, in his view, uh, part of the kind of the, the, the great natural struggle and the strong must uh, therefore uh, prevail. And any idea, particularly socialism, actually interfered with the workings of um, this racial thinking, Christianity as well. These ideas encouraged uh, sympathy for the weak and arms for the poor, and therefore disrupted the kind of the delicate working, the delicate balance of nature. And when you did this, you resulted in countries that became progressively weakened. And so in Hitler's own um, particularly warped set of um, calculations, socialism had done so much to weaken Germany that Germany uh, ultimately lost the war because socialism had allowed the racial stock to atrophy. And this was, in Hitler's view, this was how the Jews had managed to um, cripple Germany secretly before the war. Law had no real legitimacy for the Nazis either. They were aware that it would take um, a while, perhaps quite a long time, to dissolve all aspects of the um, existing German legal system that didn't suit them. But they had an intolerant attitude towards legal systems because they were um, contrary to the ideological vision of the Nazi party because they didn't incorporate initially uh, racial thinking, though later on not only does uh, Hitler and the party help to create a parallel system of uh, police and judiciary, to uh, enforce uh, ideological and racial goals, but also all aspects of the civil service and the police uh, and the existing system of, say, for example, prisons um, are infiltrated by uh, racial ideas, many of which are quite popularly received. In Noakes and Pridham's book, uh, Nazism, a Documentary Reader, which, as I've said before, if you're a student of Nazism, you really need to get this book, it says... Moreover, the leaders of the uh, party cadres, the hardcore Nazis, were for the most part men who had been formed in the tough and often brutal world of the Freikorps and the party's time of struggle between, before 1933. Most were ruthless political entrepreneurs, determined to gain power and then to keep it, openly contemptuous of bureaucratic and legal clauses. Apart from their own personal interests and those of their cliques, they were loyal only to the Führer and to what they rightly saw as his main aims, the racist and imperialist goals at the core of the Nazi party. Party contempt for the bureaucracy 
and its regulations was encouraged by Hitler himself, both in statements in Mein Kampf and in frequent comments to his entourage. So to pick that one apart, if we talk about Hitler first, Hitler had a contempt for um, bureaucracy, for pen pushes as he saw it. These were not men of action, these were not uh, dynamic leaders uh, like he was. In fact, um, as we know, Hitler uh, didn't like paperwork and didn't want to have anything to do with it, didn't see it as his role. But he also believed that it was uh, the bureaucracy that stood between him and the people and that the essence of his role and his power was his ability to connect directly with the German people and to be the divine kind of interpreter of their will. There were um, a generation of street fighters and thugs who had um, been, many of them had been former members of the German army or members of the Freikorps and had punched their way uh, across Germany um, throughout the 1920s and 30s. Um, these were men who were also in the SA, but many of them who were directly, exclusively in, in the Nazi party. And these guys were particularly uh, brutal and brutalised figures who had existed in this beer hall world of machismo and um, anger. And they believed that their simple, violent and direct methods were what Germany needed. That no more uh, of the, the kind of the corrupting forces of democracy, intellectualism and the bourgeois world should be tolerated as this is what had dragged Germany down. These are guys who had a simple and direct ways of dealing things in wartime and thought, well, this is essentially how the world works. We need to bring this back home. Um, the, uh, they were men who were enormously self-serving. You know, we think of them as ideologues um, and purely committed to their own racial ideological goals. This is as if those weren't unpleasant enough. But these were men who were immensely corrupt. They were uh, looking at uh, infiltrating the German state and using it for their own advantage and perhaps uh, the opportunities of looting it. Um, corruption was uh, something that becomes dramatically on the increase when the Nazis come to power. We often have this rather cinematic view of the cold, clinical and ruthlessly efficient Nazi but actually there was an immense amount of embezzlement uh, and in many circles uh, alcoholism and other kind of moral uh, moral failings uh, on the parts of uh, Hitler's apparatchiks. Uh, Robert Ley is a particularly good example if you ever wanted a case study of, of that one. Hitler's constituency, his base, um, his um, political um, target really was described by him as the Volk or the people. But the term doesn't really just mean people, it means the racially identified German nation. Um, this isn't the state, it's not uh, anyone within the borders of Germany, it is people who are racially German and to him, people who shared uh, the same, uh, same blood had some kind of quasi-mystical connection with one another and they were together uh, a, an entity far greater than the sum of all the parts. Hitler says in Mein Kampf, we must distinguish in the sharpest way between the state 
as a vessel and the race as its content. This vessel has meaning only if it can preserve and protect the content, otherwise it is useless. But it brings us back to that Snyder quote about him being a racial anarchist. Here is what Hans Frank, the later Gauleiter of the German government in Poland, had to say of Hitler. Hitler had been a party man. As such, he'd come to power and remained one as a statesman. He always kept the position of supreme leader of the NSDAP, the Nazi party, as well as his Reich positions. On the 30th of January 1933, the investiture of this function in his person was clarified and consolidated. It was also formally secured. His will was party law. He was the absolute autocrat of the NSDAP. The Reich, however, especially the state apparatus, bound by formal lines of jurisdiction and a hierarchy of command was unfamiliar and strange to him. On the 30th of January 1933, his will alone was not yet law in this area. Therefore, he felt insecure and inhibited towards it. But since he believed that he had been victorious in pushing through his concept of the party, he saw the organisational form of the NSDAP as suiting him best. Instead of transferring to the party the traditional form of a legally ordered, expertly supervised, formally interdependent, juridically controlled state executive, his whole aim was to transfer the independent position he had in the NSDAP and its inner structure to the state. On the 30th of January 1933, he brought this aim with him. And that's a long, long way of saying that when Hitler came to power, the state was not going to tame and temper the Nazi party and the, the workings of bureaucratic, um, juridically uh, interdependent uh, Germany was not going to uh, put pressure on the chaotic and um, dynamic Nazi movement to tame it and adapt it, as normally happens when new political parties encounter the workings of the state. Instead, Hitler was there um, with his party to capture the state and to bring the values of Nazism into the workings of the state, and he proves to be highly effective in doing this. Anyway, I hope this has been useful. Thanks very much for listening and for supporting the podcast, and I'll catch you next time, and do see if you can give us a good write-up on iTunes. All the best. Bye-bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.